Well, hello. This is your Wednesday edition of the Trophy Room. We're back. Both of us, Luke and I, are both here. Okay, so coming up, we have to re revisit one of the greatest robberies in NFL history. We'll find out what Luke thinks about Jimmy Butler's late-game heroics, and we have a Baker Mayfield stat that will change the way that you see him. As you all know, we are sponsored by the wonderful people over at Jim Candy. It's been a couple weeks, so Luke, give us our Jim Candy update for the week. Okay, so Jim Candy update. Our website is hot and up and running right now, so go give us a look. Go look us up, jimcandygummies.com. Um, we, our video is fully filmed, and our commercial will be running on Kickstarter in a week. We get it back from our film, our, our wonderful film guys over at Greatness Studios on Friday and then it'll be up in by Monday or Tuesday of next week and then our our pre-order goal is 30 grand if we can get that then we will be just up and running baby when can people actually start ordering I'm looking at the website right now so you can order right now um, we have some inventory but it, it'll run out super quick so we're gonna it'll be mainly it'll be pre-orders Okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So you yeah, can yeah. pre-order. So anyone that wants to go pre-order at jimcandygummies.com. Okay. So I, cause I'm on the website right now. So when I go and I hit checkout, it'll just be a pre-order. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. I've seen, I was honestly, I wasn't sure what you were going to do with the packaging. Like I didn't obviously talk to you about that, but I I'm seeing it now for the first time the other day and I'm looking at the website now and honestly it looks sick. Like, I love how low-key and, and simplistic it is. So that's not even... So we're... I'm going to be, run, like, working on it basically all night tonight because we just got... I, sh I showed you these the other day. We just got a bunch of, like, social media pictures and things, like, from our photographers. And so mm -hmm. it's all going to be completely amped up the website. So if you, if you go look at it right now, like, it's up and running. But if you go look at it tomorrow or the next day, it'll be, like... It'll be popping. Dude, that, that's that's sick. First ever. Thank All right, you. bet. Okay, so big shout-out to Disney Plus because I hate – like, I'm not going to pay for ESPN Plus. There's there's nothing about it that I'll pay for. Like, even, even the 30 for 30s have not gotten me to break the paywall over there and pay for extra content. That, I'm like, you don't even put out good enough content on your actual – three channels that you already have so wh like what could you possibly do that would get me to pay for uh, to break through that paywall but i have to say shout out to disney plus i don't know why but if you don't know this disney plus just went ahead and added a bunch of 30 for 30s that you used to be only able to watch if you had espn plus and on top of that the series that i think everybody has seen but not been able to watch which is man in the arena which is basically like the docu-series that tom brady made about himself um, it's which officially, is a, such a power move oh yeah put up on disney plus you can go watch i think there's nine episodes but episode one they talk about the tuck rule and i used to hate tom brady you i'm not sure oh, where you're yeah. at now with him but like tom brady ruined your childhood now. on many occasions he did on basically every year almost every year except for like two or three Tom Brady ruined your entire life, but I was watching back, and I think there's an entire 30 for 30 on the tuck rule that I have yet to watch, 
But one thing I yeah, know they is. don't one thing I know for sure they don't cover in that 30 for 30 is the ball washing of the NFL that Robert Kraft put on to just put money in every referee's pocket to move the tuck rule into existence because I went back and I watched that I, I was watching that first episode of Man in the Arena and and you probably remember this more but like there's no way there's no conceivable fashion in which Robert Kraft didn't pay off the NFL because as I'm watching that back my the thought process to me is even okay so first of all the tuck rule makes no sense and Zero even, sense. I don't like, even understand it to this day. Okay, so so the rule is, oh, because his arm is going down, then it counts as a pass. Okay, so then to me, I go, okay, then why is it not intentional grounding? Okay, mm-hmm. so it's not intentional grounding. Okay, so then even if it, like, that doesn't make any sense, so it's probably not a pass. So then it's 100% a fumble. Like, if mm-hmm. you're, because if you're tucking it, then that means the ball is no longer a pass. And like exactly, and so it should have been a fumble, either way. Like I was watching that back the other day, and I just like I just thought to myself, a I wonder like what happens to Tom Brady's career if the tuck rule doesn't happen. But even more on top of that, I am more convinced now than ever that Robert Kraft paid the NFL. Like there's no other explanation. Like like try to explain it around your way around that that. There is any other possibly conceivable explanation for how they got the tuck rule to work out and then went on to win their first Super Bowl, and then we know what Tom Brady did after that. Like, do you agree with that, though? Like, they had to have been paid off. 100%. I will say this, though, to answer your kind of, like, to answer your question, I think Tom Brady's career still has a similar trajectory if that happens. Like, I'm going to be honest, because the way that that man is built... Like, it was so inevitable that he was going to become who he was. Yep. You know what I mean? Because it, it like it wasn't luck who you are or your attitude or the situation that you're put in. Yep. The tuck rule, that's luck. You know what I mean? Like, he yep. got a lucky break. Dude, I was literally just looking – or I was just listening to this book. It's called How I Built This by Guy Raz. Literally amazing. It's about entrepreneurs. And so the founders of Instagram, they this is what they said. Because throughout this whole book, they interview entrepreneurs and all of them say like like what like how much do you attribute your success to luck? And a lot of them say most of my success is luck. And it kind of made me mad like thinking about that. I was like, "Dang, like y'all are saying this is all luck." But then the founders of Instagram defined luck for me and it blew my mind and I think it cha- it changed the way I think about luck. It's everyone get like has luck. Luck is just an opportunity and then you have to take advantage of it. That that's what that is. Luck is so the guys at Instagram, they saw an opportunity to like oh, like people like want to make professional looking photos but they don't know how to do it and so we'll make a platform where they can do that. They saw the opportunity. That was the luck. You know what I mean? Yep. Or and so that was Tom Brady's luck. Um, what's his What's his name? Drew Bledsoe got injured. Tuck yeah. rule happened. He got luck and he made the most of it. I was talking to. I was on the phone with a T 
TV on-air personality, and we were just talking because and, – and he was basically giving me his life story about all the jobs that, like, like getting let go and, and all these other things. And the point mm-hmm. that he came down to that I agree with is, like, it's just you put your – you be in the right place at the right time. And being in the right place at the right time is not just like, oh, it just happens to you. Like, you have to be in the right place. And if you're in the right place enough times, eventually you'll be there at the right time. And so I think that goes exactly. to what you're saying. Like, like it's almost like you will the universe to make certain things happen. Like, no matter exactly. where – if you just – if you try to go to the right place enough times and, you're, and you have the right mindset in every place that you're in – eventually it's going to be right place, right time. So, so I, exactly. I agree with you. Tom Brady would have been great either way. I don't know if he wins seven Super Bowls. Seven. But, 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 but he, he probably wins, probably wins at three. least three. Yeah. Yeah, and he's still considered – he might not be the GOAT, but he's top three. Yeah, easy, Easily. easy, easy. Um, my other shout-out that I want to get to before we get into – I don't understand how people think that Jimmy Butler taking the last shot was a bad decision, but we'll get to that. This Have, have you seen Top Gun Maverick yet? No, but I've heard right. it's literally amazing. This is a PSA to everyone who has not yet seen Top Gun Maverick. It is the best movie you will watch this year. It was honestly like it's one of my favorite movies I've ever watched. And I don't even know that you have to love the original to go see it because my girlfriend doesn't really like the original that much. Like she's just not that into it. For me, it's a childhood mm-hmm. movie because like my dad and I grew up watching it. And you watched it and you were like, "Yeah, it was just okay." This is, I saw this tweet the other day, and he said that Top Gun Maverick is a top three sequel all time. Because one thing we know about movies... Sequels are always worse. Exactly. It's so hard to replicate the originality that comes with the first movie. I think the only ones that I would put up there is like The Dark Knight, after The Dark Knight Rises. I was about, I was about to say that. Dark Knight is no, but maybe this the best I'm, movie ever. This is up on par with being the same level as, and actually, because a lot of people are going to disagree with this, but there's so many people who didn't like the original that are going to love this next one. Like, you're going to love this movie. And so I don't know if I would say that it's better than the original, but for people who appreciate the original, I was looking for this movie to disappoint me because I feel like that's what sequels always do. I love Tom Cruise, but sometimes his sequels are super underwhelming and very repetitive. Holy yeah. F. I, you, I knew within the first 15 minutes of this movie, I was like, I will go see this movie again. And I'm going to go see it again next week. So I won't spoil it for you, but the movie goes a lot differently than you think it would. And it ends a sure of a heck a lot different than you think it would. And there's like a couple cameos and it's cool. But just for like a PSA for anyone who's thinking about it, like it is 100% worth your top dollar to go see Top Gun Maverick this weekend. Okay. So... Let's let's start here and we'll just keep on rolling. There are people who are very polarized one way or the other. Jimmy Butler was either a moron or a hero. What say you on his late game decisions in game seven against the Boston Celtics? I agree with it. 100%. Best player on the, on the team takes the last shot. One, that's rule one. Best player on the team takes the last shot. Two best player on the team decides what that shot's gonna be. Three, he knew if they couldn't go to overtime, they like strung together a couple stops and a couple big shots. 
Because they were down by 10, like 8 to 10 points the entire time. And like 8 was close. You know what I mean? And they all of a sudden, at the very end, strung together a couple shots and got got a couple stops. And Jimmy Butler was like, if we go to overtime, we don't have a prayer. And so like 16, 15 seconds left in the game, he says, I'm going to pull up Al Horford's back pun. I'm going to get a clean look. And if you remember, I think it was either that game or the game before he had taken that same shot. It was the quarter. It was the Derek third quarter Ryan. he made the same shot. And he made the same shot. So I love the shot. You know, it's a it's that sometimes that just happens. You made it, you miss it. Happens. And I'm gonna say this Jimmy Butler is probably the most undervalued player in the league. Because think about this. Whenever he has made deep playoff runs, like, th- think about bubble. In the bubble, he how many games did he take LeBron James and Anthony Davis to? Six. Did he have Bam Adebayo? No. Did not have him the whole series. Hey, he had Didn't Kelly Olynyk. Dragic. Hey, he had Kelly Olynyk, <laughs> And he, he took Kelly Olynyk and Duncan Robinson and versus LeBron James and Anthony Davis to six games. So, and then this year, if they have Tyler, a healthy Tyler Hero, they win this series. I'll say that. So Tyler Hero is worth, like, he's worth it, like at least one game or at least a couple points in a very important game. Especially Easily. with all the games they missed him with. Like, we don't even know if it goes yeah. to seven. I don't know. Yeah. Um, a and hill so, that I will, that I'm willing to die on, and because everybody has that one that they're willing to die on that just nobody really understands. A hill I'm willing to die on is that the Seattle Seahawks made the right decision in the Super Bowl. And Andy, there's your Seahawks shout-out for the day. But I'm willing to die on that hill because everyone, like, it's a prisoner of the moment kind of deal. It's a hindsight is twenty twenty kind of deal where if the Seahawks make that pass, they look like absolute geniuses. You're a genius. You look you're like the genius. most intelligent man to ever coach football if you're Pete Carroll. Because just as a little history lesson, people might not know, that play that they ran, that pass that was thrown, was run over 150 times in the regular season. Guess how many times it was picked off? Zero. And it scored a touchdown 70% of the time. And they, everyone knew they were handing the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. So... Every, if everyone knows what you're going to do, you outfool Bill Belichick, you and your back-to-back Super Bowls, you look like you look like gods. So everyone wants to look at Jimmy yeah. Butler and say, wow, like he's do you know how low his three-point percentage is in the playoffs and the regular season? Okay, fine. But what I bet you didn't know is that on transition th- pull-up threes, guess what Jimmy Butler's shooting percentage is? Oh, I'm interested in this now. 45%. 40? And you ain't getting a better look than that. Granted, he doesn't take as many, so you could make the argument that's the reason that the percentage is so high. But we okay. But but, I kind of doubt that. And you made the point. He made the exact same shot in the quarter before, and he'd been making those shots throughout the series. On top of that, he played 48 minutes. He carried that team not through just that game, but through the entire series. So you're right. If they go to overtime, which also here's the other thing. When I when you and I play Madden, like neither one of us are going to overtime. Like if I'm getting the ball down there, I'm going for the win or I'm losing because I'm not leaving the game yeah, up to yeah, overtime. Yeah, you win. 
and especially and, um, and basketball exactly. is like a little if you bit can different. put the game away put it away exactly and the other thing is it would be one thing if there was if it was a buzzer beater but there was still i think 12 seconds left on the clock after that shot there was 16 seconds left so you're so who's assuming... to say and in a tra- and in a transition like who's to say you don't get that rebound again Transition rebounds are whack. No one knows what's going to happen with those. On a transition three, it's one on two, and your boys are coming. You very well could have gotten the rebound. It's game seven. If you make that three and you run, like, whether or not you go up or you tie, they still have 12 seconds. So I'd rather hopefully not have to go to overtime because the point you made, overtime was going to be a guaranteed loss. And Jimmy Butler, this is the reason that, like, I know you can't give the MVP to a loser, but if there was ever yeah. a time to give it to him, it, to loser, a loser, it was Jimmy Butler at the end of this series because I think Kobe Bryant would have been proud of Jimmy Butler's just absolute killer mentality to say, look, I have yeah. no help. I've played every single minute of this game. I'm going to take my Mamba mentality, and I'm going to go for the win. And if we make it, awesome. And if not, then I'll die with it. But that was the other thing, like – he didn't defer to anybody in that press conference. He said, look, like that was my decision, and he doubled down on it. And for that, I think Jimmy Butler is an absolute winner. I think to the point you made earlier, Jimmy Butler deserves way more credit than he deserves, and I hope that Jimmy Butler is a Hall of Famer because he should be. Yeah, I agree. So there's that. So then – Speaking of the finals, before we get to the finals, we have a little bit of, um, I don't know if you want to call beef, that is resurfaced in terms of, first of all, Kevin Durant just needs to stay off Twitter because Twitter has now become your middle name. So for any of you who didn't see, Draymond Green has his own podcast on the Colin Cowherd, uh, I don't know, I think it's called The Volume on Colin Cowherd's network. Draymond Green has his own podcast. Um, this is the one thing I love and hate about Draymond Green, and this is a mentality that I think you would agree with. If you don't think that you're the baddest mother trucker in the room, you're not. Like, if you don't think you're the best to ever do it, you never will be. The one thing I love about Draymond Green and I hate about him is he thinks that he is, and he claims that nobody else knows basketball, which I don't know if I completely agree with because to assert that the only people who can truly analyze basketball are the people on the court – would assert that the NFL officiating just makes perfect calls all the time, which we know is not true. Yeah. But he made the point that um, back when KD was on the Warriors, that Steph Curry was getting all of the pick and rolls. And that's the reason that Kevin Durant was able to get so open. And if it weren't for that, Steph Curry easily wins finals MVP and has that on his resume. And then also Draymond Green went ahead and said, Steph Curry doesn't need a finals MVP to like certify his resume and Kevin Durant got tagged in that clip on Twitter and then went and fired back. I don't think this is true. Yeah. Yeah. He said, this is a hundred percent false. Yeah. That's a, that's a different to say something's not true. And then to say something's a hundred percent false. Cause you go from gray area to black. You're essentially calling him a liar at that mm-hmm. point by saying it's a hundred percent false. There's no truth to what you're saying at all. And you're saying you're taking a shot at your old, like your old teammate, your old dog. That if Kevin Durant doesn't have Steph Curry, he is just another. He's 
This is what he is. Charles Barkley. And so I'm a, I'm a, well, I'm, I'm about to say something else. Well, maybe Charles Barkley, but without him, he's just another great scorer that never even got to the finals, never won the finals, and never no finals MVP. You know who that is? Carmelo Anthony. Yikes. That's what he is without Steph Curry. Kevin Durant, you are Carmelo Anthony without Steph and the Warriors. I'm not understanding the I'll take the a shot lot of heat for that. Yeah, I don't understand either. Like, it makes you look so bad because you got swept and the Warriors are in the finals. It makes you look like a little girl. Like, the f- saying, oh, they needed me. Well, what blows my mind is we know the whole reason he left Golden State was because he had beef with Draymond, and it's been very outlined. Kevin Durant is not a confrontational person. If he doesn't like something, he just walks away from it. Or like, And you know that because yeah. he has his own burner accounts on Twitter to yell at people who yell at him. So, Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't use a burner account. Yeah, honestly. So for me, I look at this and I say – this just goes to add on to the absolute ish show of a resume that we know you've been handing out to people. And that is that I'm impossible to get along with and I can never admit when I'm wrong. Even if I'm not involved yep. in the conversation, I have to come out because you, they had the dream, the beef with Draymond and then Bleacher Report did like the, the podcast or whatever. I think it was last year, or the year before where they had Katie and Draymond and like, sit well, down and they squashed yeah. the beef and they acted like everything's all right. And it obviously yeah. is not for you to come out of the woodworks on a podcast. You're not even involved with and say, yeah, you're a liar, Draymond. When, to the point you made, without Steph Curry, Kevin Durant has one finals appearance, and that's it. No, not even a finals appearance. Well, they do have the one because when they went with uh, Oklahoma City. With with James Harden and Russell Westbrook against the big three in Miami. Oh, okay. Fair fair enough. But But it took him, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. Three MVPs on Dude, one team and they could ki- win. Our kids or kids and say now what you will want, never and say what you want that. about. Yeah, and and look, say what you want about Russ. Prime Russ was elite. Like you can say what you want, but Prime Russ was elite. When he Russ wasn't didn't the best have to be the number the one option, like when he didn't have to carry the team, he was so great as a supporting number. I don't even say like a number two, but like a one B. When he understood that he wasn't yes. 1A, he was so good. Like, I love how people, like, look, is Russell Westbrook just, a like, kind of a sideshow right now? Yes. But prime Russell Westbrook, there's a reason he got MVP, and there's a reason he was an all-star every year. You know, like, he was an all-star every year, a, t- a high-end one. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I don't understand. And there was a the... time when people said that Russell Westbrook was better than Steph Curry. No one thinks that now, but no. there was a time. So then this is the conversation yeah. that I want to lead to after that because, again, the, the beef between Katie makes no sense. There's two different directions, and we're going to take both of them. But the first one I want to go to is – so there there were – you because you and I were texting about this earlier. We weren't sure which one Katie was coming after, whether it was about the pick and rolls 
or about whether or not Steph Curry needs a finals MVP to solidify his resume. I don't personally think he needs one. Obviously, it helps. But do you think Stephen Curry needs a finals MVP to solidify his resume? And for you, is Steph Curry in the top 10 all time? This is what I'm going to say, and I don't want to sound like Skip Bayless right now. I think Steph Curry, I think he should have gotten one. I think the first championship they won, I think he should have gotten that. That was one of those cases where it's like, that was such a... I think most people can agree that was a very random MVP choice. I think Iguodala. they gave it to him because of what he was, what Iguodala was able to do defensively against LeBron James. I'm not, I'm yeah, not saying I, that I, Steph Curry didn't deserve it, but but I do think when you make that argument, now you're not going to see that because it's not going to show up on a stat sheet ten years from now. You're going to say, "Wow, that seems like asinine," but like it makes a little bit of sense. But I, but I think it probably should have gone to Curry. I agree. I think it should have gone to Curry based on historically what they base the criteria on. Because in probably every four or five finals, there's a dude that plays really good defense on the other team's best player and makes him struggle. Like, are we finna give the MVP to every defensive stopper every time then? But, but let me ask you this. If, let's say... I don't even know who and I would And let's have. not act like LeBron James didn't average like 30-something in those games. There's one game he had a bad game, but most of them, that boy dropped a lot. If there's an end, so, so Jordan's 6-0. and Let's say Jordan is 5-1 and because, because Gary Payton just absolutely pieced Michael Jordan in the NBA Finals. But let's say Sean Kemp had the better offensive performance or, or vice versa. Would you be okay with them giving the MVP to Gary Payton or Sean Kemp, even though they didn't have the great offensive performance, but they kept Michael Jordan from winning a title? Because I think that's where the argument for Iguodala is. And and I, I see that. I like don't get me wrong, I see that. But I don't think they won because LeBron struggled that much. Like if you look at his stats, like he got his. Now there's more to defense than just stopping statistics but everyone knows in basket like in the nba there's no stopping somebody you can bug them a little bit and make them work a little bit harder but like people like we've been hyping up andrew wiggins but the truth of the matter is luca still averaged like a bunch of points you know what i mean no and so that's all i'm saying and i'm saying based on historically what has happened steph should have gotten that one and also in the two finals that he like with Kevin Durant, he averaged like twenty eight, eight and eight. Like in any other finals, you win the MVP if you average almost thirty points a game and you're on the winning team. Am I right? Yeah, and to your point that you made earlier, so game one of that series, LeBron had forty four points. Game two, he had thirty nine. Game three, he had forty. Game four, I'm not sure. He wasn't the leading scorer for the Cavaliers, so it was probably a bad game. And then game five, he had 40, and then game three, he had 30. So he, the, his 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 low for the series was 32 points. Yeah, so th- that's all I'm saying. Like, if he would have held him to, I mean, if you score over 40, like, two or three times in a, a finals, I mean, did you really do that great of a job defensively? So you're pro- so he probably he Curry. I don't think like no one I is gonna say that you're stupid for one. thinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
But anyways, I think for people like dumb a dumbass Skip Bayless and other people like that that just only see, oh, he doesn't have a Finals MVP. Yes, I think he does need one, and if he does get win this and get a Finals MVP, then he is easily all time better than Kevin Durant, and he is at least ten in the top ten. So I want to read because in some the top seventy five, he was like thirteen or fourteen, so it wouldn't be that crazy of a jump. I want to read you he would some have... stats. Because okay. I did this when I was on when I when I recorded last week, I did a comp from Isaiah Thomas to Chris Paul, and when you look at it, it actually isn't that crazy. But like people want to call Isaiah Thomas like probably the second best point guard of all time, right after Magic, yeah. I or third. He's in my top five. Well, I can I see. Say I can say third. Like, yeah. Let's let's give Stephen Curry the respect that he deserves. He's an eight-time All-Star. He's a he's been a Steel Champ one year. He's eight-time All-NBA. He's a two-time MVP. He's the only ever unanimous MVP. He's a yeah. two-time scoring champ, three-time NBA champ. He's been to the finals six times now. And yeah, yeah. he was on the All 75th anniversary team. And then he was this year's Western Conference Finals MVP. So and he's a career 47% shooter. So he's he's yeah. elite on all accounts. He's probably, in my opinion, going to have four championships, which means he's going to be four for two. I think he will. Four and two. Four and two. Um, which I'm not going to say, like, rivals LeBron, but, like, let's be honest, like, the whole but reason we give LeBron. Four and four and six. Exactly. Now, we've had the argument about how many times he's gone, but – I, like, if Steph Curry, I don't think he needs finals MVP because, to me, he's already in the top ten. But I think the point that you made is fair. Really? There are people. Yeah, because, like, he's the greatest shooter who ever lived, and that's unanimous. Like, he's the greatest shooter who ever lived. There's not a shot. It's not like he's just the greatest three-point shooter. Because with Kyle Korver, that's what I would argue. Like, Kyle Korver's, like, the greatest, one of the greatest three-point shooters who ever lived, but he had nothing else to his game. Whereas there were times we were talking about Steph Curry having the best handles in the game. He's probably top two mid-range in the game. Steph Curry can yeah. has carried like carried a team his first year to the finals, and I would and I'd honestly say carried this year. He's had help from Jordan Poole, but Clay Thompson has been a shell of his former self. And then yeah, he's been yeah. to six NBA Finals. Isaiah didn't go to six. Like 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 you know yeah, what I'm saying? I'd say he's better than Isaiah easily. Yeah. So. When you're the greatest shooter who ever lived, and on top of that, you have a dominant basketball resume. Because to me, this is how I this is how I regard the top ten. If they were to make a movie, because Colin says this all the time about um, whether or not you deserve to be in, his criteria for being in the Hall of Fame is: Do you help tell the story of the league? So for me, I want to take it a step further. If they were to make a movie from year one of the NBA to now. Would you be in that two-hour movie? Because do you help tell the story on that grand of a scale? Not like do you tell the story if they made a TV show. I'm talking about if they made one movie two hours long from start to finish, would you be included? Would your story be included? And to me, how is Steph Curry not included in that story? He revolutionized the game in the way that small ball was able to come through him. Obviously, Steve Kerr helped implement that, but it was – 
his three-point shooting that made that such a threat. And then obviously his resume speaks for itself. And then, oh yeah, he's the greatest shooter who ever lived and came from a no-name Davidson College. And there's plenty of people who passed on him and his career probably should have failed after his first two ankle injuries and he's kept going ever since and then oh yeah he's the only ever unanimous mvp and he broke the record for um winningest season so to me i don't know how it's steph true. curry isn't all top, top 10 all time but uh finals mvp certainly solidifies that wouldn't you say oh yeah easily and really i like finals mvp is like think about super bowl mvps like it's really, like, to me, it's not that important of an accolade. I don't either. You know what I mean? Like, it yep. is a secondary accolade. Because, like, like, do you think people, you think Tom Brady really cared that Julian Edelman won Super Bowl MVP that time? No. He's like, bro, I got a ring. Matthew Stafford, yeah, do you think Matthew Stafford cares that Cooper Cup got Super Bowl MVP? Here's the thing. Winners just care about winning. They don't care about MVPs or things like that. People that aren't winners care about MVPs. Oh, you like mean like a, Aaron Rodgers? Like, like Aaron Rodgers or let's say a uh, Kevin Durant. Yes. So people that aren't winners care more about the individual accolade than the team accolade. And I that's feel true. like the absence of the finals MVP says more about the fact that he just doesn't have one. You know what I'm saying? The fact that it's people see it as missing, not that it's not there. People are like, Oh, that, that hole is empty. It needs to be filled. It's like, no, like you don't need a finals MVP because all of Steph Curry's career is true without it. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't need, I think the point you're making earlier, winners don't need validation. They just need to win. And to me, a finals yeah. MVP is a little bit of validation. Obviously, Jordan has all his finals MVPs. But if you would ask Jordan, like, do you need a finals MVP? He would say, what even is that? I got a championship. Who cares who got the MVP? You know what I'm saying? And nobody's questioning, yeah. well, did Michael Jordan really help the team win because he didn't get finals MVP? Or did Steph Curry really help the team because he didn't get finals MVP? Nobody's Everyone knows that Steph Curry that. was the best player. Like, here's the thing. MVP means best player on the team that won the championship, yep. right? And everybody and their grandma knows that Steph Curry was the best player on that 2015 championship team. And like, and anyone that says different is literally just an idiot, aka Skip Bayless. So, so yeah, I don't think it. Like people, people are just seeing that it's absent from the resume, and they're using that to hold him back because they know he's coming in. And they just want to still be right and have some ledge to stand on. And I think they'll. I think they win this NBA Finals. I think it's. I mean, let's have that conversation. I think this. I think the Golden State Warriors win in five or six. It's not seven and it's not four. If it was a gentleman sweep, really? it wouldn't surprise me. But I think it's six games. I've I've been saying six games as well, and I I think th- here's why. I think people are really um, overhyping the defense of the Celtics because if you look at the teams that they have played, let's look at this. The teams they've played, yes, KD and Kyrie, like the elite scores, but that team, they did not run any plays. Can we agree on that? They ran zero plays. And... They had no team chemistry whatsoever. Can we agree on that? Yep. So no plays, no team chemistry. 
and basically Kyrie was did not look good. Like the one game he had, he played well, but besides that, he did not play well, and no one else on the Nets played well except for Kevin Durant. So, like they beat a one-trick pony with which is Kevin Durant and all the, his little buddies, and then they played the Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis averaging like 35 but they didn't have their second best score second best player and it's they still took him to 7 and then third they played a Miami Heat team who was who was literally everybody on that team they literally limped on onto the court not off the court they limped onto it okay and everyone <laughs> knew that Miami everyone knows that Miami couldn't eat could like had trouble scoring when they were healthy you know what i mean yep so and so they're overhyping their defense. I'm not saying that their defense isn't really good because it is. But they're saying that Marcus Smart is going to shut down Steph Curry. Don't you think that Steph Curry, like, Steph Curry's over here is like, don't you think that every game I've played in my career, they have thrown their best defender at me to chase me around the whole time? Like, don't yeah. you think that's happened? He's like, this isn't anything new. There's a million Marcus Smarts around there. And, like, and, and I'm going to say this. The... The Boston Celtics are very comparable to who? The Memphis Grizzlies. Like, would you say, like, athleticism-wise, yep. defensively? And don't worry, Steph Curry got his. Like, Dylan Brooks is very comparable, and he's actually longer than Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart ain't that big. Like, he's like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, Dylan Brooks is like 6'6". Six, six. And so, I think they're just overhyping him, and they're very, like, underestimating, like, oh, like, their defense is so good, like, they'll shut down Steph Curry. Okay. This is what worries me about the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics this year are undefeated in the playoffs when when Jason Tatum shoots over 50%. They're undefeated. They don't lose when he shoots over 50%. And you say, oh, well, that's really high. It probably only happened twice. I think it happened close. I think it is – they're 8-0. It was like oh. four? No, it's oh, like, eight, no. yeah, like it might be six. It's somewhere between six and eight. Don't kill me. Okay. But it's it's a, it's a decent sample size for the playoffs. This yeah. is, and if you, if you watch the game from that perspective, and, that, and when I heard that stat, I started watching the Celtics from that perspective. This is what worries me, and you know this is true. If you watch these games, the games that they win and the games that they lose, Jason Tatum's shot selection is night and day. Because when Jason Tatum feels like he has to carry the team, he starts hacking up from any and everywhere. Sometimes he looks like hero ball when it works, and when it doesn't, he looks like an idiot. And I love me some Jason Tatum. But one of the things True. that I loved about Game 7 is he didn't force it. There were plenty of times he could have forced it, and he understood the defense was focused on him, and he let everyone else play their game, and they won as a result. But there are plenty of times where you could just see it. He thought about taking a bad shot, and he kicked it anyway. And the issue that I think they're going to have is is one you alluded to. A, the Heat weren't going to score baskets besides Jimmy Buckets if my grandma was on the court. Because they yeah. were starting two undrafted free agents at guard. And Kyle Lowry yeah. in Game 7 couldn't put a rock in the water if his life depended on it. So that boy literally looks like Uncle Drew, except Uncle Drew ain't good. Yeah, like, like Uncle Drew he just Uncle played Drew the puts way it on. Yeah, that's that's what that boy looked like. What worries me about this this series is I worry that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown 
are going to play hero ball because they're going to get behind. Because it's guaranteed that the Warriors are just going to put up a ton of points, especially compared to the last two teams that you played where the Warriors are fully healthy. It worries me because I think you're going to see Jason Tatum. In the games that the Celtics lose, you just watch this. Jason Tatum is going to force a lot of baskets, and you're going to say, why is he doing that? And it's because yeah. he's going to feel the need to put everything on his shoulders and not let them play team basketball. Yeah, and here's another thing that not a lot of people know about the Warriors. They are, so I think the Celtics, either way, so the Celtics and the Warriors are 1 and 2 in defensive rating and defensive efficiency. Do you know that? Yeah. So, like, think about that. People Wait, act you say like the Warriors this, the, and the Celtics? Yeah. Did you know, I, I think, like, the last 20 years... There hasn't been a team to win the final. Like, okay, so let me let me reverse it. The last twenty years, there's been one team to be outside the top five in defense and win a championship. There's one team, and it was, was it the Lakers. Bubble? It was the Lakers was after with Kobe after they won it the year before, and they were still top ten. They just weren't top five. So okay, okay, they, like you so, have yeah, to be in the top five to win a championship. Yeah, like people act like the Warriors' defense is like skimpy and that they're just like only offense. No, they act like they're the Kansas City Chiefs of of the NBA. But no, they're the Kansas City Chiefs if they had an elite defense, which they is They had scary. the Rams' defense. Yeah, like, does that not scare you? Like, the Celtics are the Rams right now without without Matt Stafford. That's basically what they are because their offense is – it can be lacking sometimes. Like, if you watch them, like, their offense is not that good. Like, they have two good scorers, but their offense is not good. This is true. Yeah, and I think we'll have a lot more fun getting into this because I, I think this – I feel like every series we've been like, oh, this could be one of the best series of the playoffs, and every single time we've been disappointed – I I yeah. hope and pray that this isn't a sweep. I could see it going as a sweep. I wouldn't bet on it going as a sweep, but yeah, I hope that we figure either. this out. And I hope this is the, the series that we all deserve at the end of this NBA Finals as we get ready Facts. for football season. Um, I want to do a little translating because – so have, have you watched the fan-controlled football league? I haven't. I've seen a couple highlights. No, of I, stuff. I've seen some highlights, but yeah, I haven't seen it either. I know Terrell Owens at what, like 50 years old, is literally out piecing people. He plays I with Johnny that. Manziel as his quarterback. Um, <laughs> and then there was a there was a guy who got kicked from the team, one of the teams last week, because after he scored a touchdown, he got out a blunt and started smoking it live on air, which was kind of funny. But um, they were interviewing. <sighs> Antonio Brown, because I think he owns one of the teams or something like that. He was at the game. Antonio Brown owns one. I don't know. Okay. I mean, like, if you look at some of the people who own, fan, I think Marshawn Lynch owns a team too. Like, it's just kind of <laughs> Anyway, so Mar Antonio Brown comes out, and um, somebody asked him, like, will we see you in an NFL uniform this year? And he said, he said, don't play yourself. I won't be playing. So you tell me if I get the translation on this correct. Because I think what he's saying is this is like when when one of your boys is like, 
yeah, dude, like, I didn't even like her anyway. Like, they go out on, like, yeah. three dates, and he's like, yeah, dude, I didn't even like her anyway. And then you come to find out, like, you see text messages between her and her girls before, and she's like, yeah, I was never into him. And he, But he yep. wants to control the narrative and be like, yeah, bro, I wasn't even into her. Like, she was so into me, and I didn't want her. Oh, yeah. No. I didn't Antonio even want to tell the chica. He's not saying that he's not playing. He's saying nobody wants me, but I want to control the narrative. So I'm saying I was never exactly. really that into her anyway. So I, I didn't want to play anyways. Yeah, I, bro, like, I, I wasn't I, playing I enough. Play. I told him I wasn't going to play. They've been asking me. I ain't going to play. It, to me, that's it's like fool me once. Uh, was it fool me once? Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. And then fool me three times. Just like f that. We're like fool yeah. me five times with Antonio Brown. And I think Antonio Brown broke his last straw when he decided yeah. to give a big f you to Tom Brady, who's like one of the best dudes in the whole league. That he's like nobody's gonna vouch for you now, and nobody needs no to because will. everyone's seen what they need to, which is sad because I was looking at a, I was reading stats the other day. There was, like, a six-season tear where he was averaging, like, 1,200 yards a season and, like, yeah. nine he was, to 12 touchdowns. Like, he was on pace is, kids to aren't make... gonna rem- The thing is, kids aren't going to remember that. Like, when we were, like, like, five, six years ago, like, when we were in high school, dude, like, Antonio Brown, like, he could have been the best ever. Yep. Like, not just, like, one of, like, he could have been the best ever receiver ever yep. at six foot like and that's not normal you know what i mean like he, it could have been jerry rice calvin johnson and antonio brown yep. but now now he's just a real like one of those really good receivers like there is a bunch of really good receivers every year it's funny because he wasn't like, we love Tyreek, and Tyreek is one of the dangerous men alive, but we're not going to go down saying Tyreek was one of the greatest receivers who ever lived. Antonio no, Brown could have gone down as one of the greatest receivers who ever lived because he like he could do absolutely everything. He had every route everything. in the route tree. And he probably... Exactly. One of the things that I've heard from guys who've worked with him and played out with him is that, like, I was listening to a quarterback talk about, like, uh, just working out with him the other day, and he said... He said, sometimes I would have to shave steps off my drop because he gets out of his break faster than anyone I've ever seen before. Like, he just, he's yeah. just, I think he's one of the quickest dudes who ever lived. And then this, this is the question I want to come down to after all this is because we saw it took, it, it was it like Terrell Owens had his struggle with the, with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And we know what Terrell Owens was. And Terrell Owens wasn't half the douchebag that Antonio Brown was. Yeah. Do you think Antonio Brown ever makes it in the Hall of Fame? And if he does, how tough is it going to be? Yes, I think he gets into the Hall of Fame. I think he, I don't think, I think talent wise, he deserves to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I don't think he will be just because the NFL wants to prove a point. But if you keep him out of the Hall of Fame, then. Half these boys that y'all got in there, like, if he's not in the Hall of Fame, then Matt Stafford's not in the Hall of Fame. If Matt Stafford's career ended right now, if you don't, like, if you don't put Antonio Brown in the Hall of Fame and you put Matt Stafford in there, it's like, I don't, and I love me some Matt Stafford, you know what I mean? Because, like, this is a guy who had, like, six-time, seven-time Pro Bowler, like, a couple-time All-Pro, and then a Super Bowl champ. For a receiver, that's as much as you can get, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
No, I I'm pulling his stats up right now. He's four-time first-team All-Pro. He's a yeah, seven-time right Pro Bowler. Yeah, that right there, that's Hall of Fame. Just those. And then he's a Super Bowl champ, and he was on the Hall of Fame All-2010s team. Yeah, so... He had a season where he had seven... So, like, listen to this tear. He had... So, 2013, he had 1,500 yards. 2014, he had 1,700 yards. 2015, yeah, stupid. 1,800 yards. And 2016, oh, he only had 1,200. And then he had oh, 1,500. And then 1,300. Like, what What was his last, like, prime year? What was that, 20? 2018 was when he had 1,300 yards. We rave yeah, about guys having 1,000-yard seasons. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, he got 1,000... This boy got 18, try 1,800 yards. He had back-to-back like, seasons where he had over 15. No, 2013 was 1,500, and then 2014 was 1,700, and then 2015 was 1,800. Insane. Bus. That's all I have to say about it. He had, like, in 2017, he averaged 110 yards per game. Yeah, and in a wide receiver-packed league right now, Prime Antonio Brown would by far be the best receiver in the league. Like, it wouldn't be close. And I love Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams, but it wouldn't be close. Because that dude has the route running of Devontae Adams with just the ability to get open of Cooper Cup and the speed of Tyreek Hill. Like, he is the perfect receiver. And it's so... I mean, I think every single person has someone like this in your life where they're just too talented for their own good. I think you have this when people... There are some people who are too intelligent for their own good and they don't make a lot of poor decisions because of it. And the, and the, this is the other thing is I was listening to a bunch of guys who have played with him and like worked out with him. Like Everyone you talk to about him will tell you he's the hardest working person Like in terms of training. like You get in the gym with him, he will outwork you every single day. And it's just crazy yeah. to see... Because I feel like usually with guys like that, we see it as laziness that ends up being their downfall. But it was really yeah. like his own pride came before the fall and is still coming after the fall. Yeah. Dude, my dad used to always tell me. My dad, like even now, like in life, in sports, in business, in your career, whatever you want to do, just show up. Yep. People will weed themselves out. Yep. They do. People... People are better than you. They're faster than you. They work harder than you. Just, just show up. Just always show up. And people like Antonio Brown, they can't do that. Therefore, they weed themselves out. I was listening to. Um, I'm obviously obsessed with radio, and Bobby Bones is probably like the biggest radio. One of the, like he's top five. Like he's if you listen, if you like know radio, like he's right up there with Howard Stern. So and everybody knows who Howard Stern is. And I was listening to him, and uh, I was talking, and he was talking about. They asked him like, "What's one piece of advice that you would give?" And he said, "Just show up on time." He said, "He's like, I don't consider myself supremely talented, but I just show up on time every time, and people see that." And so, like, just as like a PSA as advice, you don't have to be the most talented person in the room because of the point you just mentioned. There are so many people who are probably more talented than you. But they can't uh-huh. show up on time, and they can't show up every time. And if you could do both those things, like 
you like there's guys who will end up higher than Antonio Brown and will have longer careers than Antonio Brown because they can show yep. up on time every time, even though they don't have all the talent in the world. Um, Facts. You ready to talk about Baker Mayfield? Because I know I am. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm actually ready to as well. I, I love let's, let's some Baker it. Mayfield. All right, so I love talking about this. Did you? I've d- I've done my piece, so I'll let you start off. So two, so first two things. What should the Browns do about Baker Mayfield, and what should Baker Mayfield do about Baker Mayfield? So, dude, this is hard. I think the Browns need to just get get him off their roster as soon as they can. Like, if you have to pay his entire salary, get him off your team. Like, seriously, get him off your team. But don't cut him. So, like, get a, get a third-round pick for him. Get a fourth-round pick for him. But just get rid of him. If you got to pay $15 million of the $20 million that is his contract, pay it and get a fourth-round pick for him. Because it's just this much publicity. Because here's the thing. They're getting double-dipped right now between Baker Mayfield and all this drama and Deshaun Watson's 22, well, now 23 sexual assault cases so between your two quarterbacks you have more drama than the than keeping up with the kardashians entire season so they gotta get rid of him and i think for baker what he needs to do and this is what i'm gonna say i think he should go to the saints i was listening to colin cowherd today about this and it made a lot of sense i don't know if you you probably heard it too but because if he goes to the Seahawks or to the Panthers or to the Falcons, they're like, they know Baker. He's a he's a good quarterback in the league, and you can win some games with Baker. But they don't want to win some games. They want to win no games. You know what I mean? They're, they're they're tanking. But who's a team that has a good roster and could probably make the playoffs? but doesn't have a great quarterback, the Saints. And I think most people would say that I would take Baker Mayfield over Jameis Winston. Oh, yeah, I would. I would. I would as well. And Baker's still pretty cheap. Like, people like, oh, 19, 20 mil, like, that's a lot for a starting quarterback that's been to the playoffs and, like, has experience. 20 mil is nothing, dude. Like, when when you're paying out here, boys, 50 million, 20 million is nothing. So that's what I think. I got I have I have a couple conspiracy theories and then I have so this is the parade I've been marching for Baker Mayfield cuz I I've decided that I love Baker Mayfield. I I used to not be so <laughs> sure when he was in college I hated him and now I love him because if we look at Baker Mayfield, what has Baker really done wrong? Okay, he has a big mouth. Are you like he sue does. him for that? Who like I because it's one thing to have a big mouth if you're very uh, just, like, hyper-emotional and you're all over the place to the point that it affects your game. Like, dude, I don't care what you say at work if you make my company money. And, the like, no one has ever been able to put on Baker Mayfield that he doesn't work hard and that he doesn't want to win. That's never been in question. Now, sometimes you could make the argument that maybe the chip on his shoulder 
um, pushes him to make poor decisions, but it's not poor enough that he's a bad quarterback because he's not. Like, yeah, he's. I think he's career five hundred win percentage on the Browns. Yeah, it's like right with around the yeah. Cleveland Browns who couldn't win more than three games in One. a season for like ten years in so, a row. I. This is what I think happened. I think. Because the one constant with this Cleveland Browns team for the last 10, 15 years has not been a head coach, has not been a GM. It's been what? The, who's the one person who's been in that building for the last 10, 15 years? The owner. Um, and I, I can't remember True. his name for the life of me. But this is what I think happened. I think the owner said – Hey, I like that Deshaun guy. He's really good. Because you know you got a lot of these owners who just don't know that much about football. I think he went yeah. in and he was like, somebody offered him. They're like, what if we go get Deshaun Watson? And he looks up on the internet and he goes, oh, that guy's really good. And he knows the NFL's history of how they deal with suspensions and such. I think he said, look, he said, I want you to do whatever you have to. I'm giving you all the money in the world. You go out and get me this guy and just promise me you'll figure out the Baker thing. And they said, you want us to go out and get, like, the leading passer from two years ago? Yeah, sure. And and you gave us full ride to just pay him or whatever to get him? Awesome. I think the owner, who I, I have to look up his name because it's driving me crazy. Yeah, I'll look um, it up. I'll look it up. You keep but going. I, uh, sorry, the Haslams. That's right, Jimmy Haslam. I think Jimmy Haslam oh, said, yeah. I want Deshaun Watson get him by any means necessary. Any means necessary meaning we paid him whatever we want. And I think now the NFL, I think there was a little bit of collusion going on because I think everybody had a gentleman's agreement to say no one's touching Deshaun Watson until this deal is over and then we'll let everybody play a fair game. I think the NFL feels like you guys kind of came in and did us dirty because we had an agreement. It's almost like the girl when she's like kind of in limbo and all your boys want to date her and you're all like, Hey, we're all just going to like let her do her time right after the breakup. And we're not going to move in. And one of the boys, yeah, it's, comes it's, in. it's the period. The, yeah. And so I think that is kind of the issue that the Browns are having. So now everyone's saying, look, we had an agreement. You screwed all of us over. So now we're going to make sure that you either have to pay Baker's salary or trade him for nothing. And so I think that Baker's in an amazing situation because I do think there are teams who want him. I just don't think anyone's saying anything because I don't think that the I think the Browns are being forced to play this game of chicken. I think Baker Mayfield's best possible option is for him to go in to training camp and to OTAs and all these things and just be the nicest guy in the entire world, bring all the linemen donuts, say what's up to the receptionist, just dap everybody up and just act like a model citizen. Because, A, it's going to piss the Browns off. And, B, oh, yeah. you're going to be like – it's almost like after the breakup you walk around like you're doing great and then everybody else is like, dang it, like did I make the wrong decision? You know what I'm saying? So True. I think that's the best possible scenario is you go in and then you just kill it in practice, make Deshaun look like a B-tier quarterback and make the Browns think, dang, we wish we wouldn't have screwed you over so we could start you this year because we're going to need you for at least six games. And then you're going to realize you can't get anything for him and you're either going to cut him or you're going to trade him for absolutely nothing because you don't want to get just pennies on the dollar for him. I think the Saints may are – I've been riding the Miami Dolphins bandwagon for getting Baker for a long time. 
Um, Why though? Be- because Tua I, is basically just a great value of no, no, no. Baker. That's what, no, that's what I'm saying. I've been riding that for Baker to go to Miami because I think if Baker, like we know how hard they've loaded up that roster in Miami. I think if Baker goes there and we know the winning chip that Baker has, like he will succeed whether or not you have the last pick in the draft or the first pick in the draft, like he's just that guy. I think Baker would succeed so heavily in Miami, but I think you brought up the point about the Saints earlier, and I want to read some stats that you may have seen, but I don't know if a lot of other people did. So there's another quarterback who's probably top 10 all time, it definitely top 15 all time, that, that you could compare Baker Mayfield to. So first four seasons in the NFL – Baker Mayfield, do you know who I'm talking about, by the way, before I start this? Yeah, I do. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. So we won't play the game, but we'll play for everyone listening. So first four starts, Baker Mayfield, 29 and 30. This mystery quarterback, 30 and 28. So Baker, there's a one-game difference, and this guy has won one more game. Completion percentage, they're both 62%. This quarterback actually has more – Baker has more touchdowns than the mystery quarterback – and he has three more interceptions. He has 13 more touchdowns and 13 more interceptions. Then he has a 235 pass per game. Our mystery quarterback has 209. And the passer rating is about the same. Baker is 88, and this other quarterback is 85. And this is a guy that everyone dis- – like, he's, a, he's the first, first ballot Hall of Famer, yeah? Yep. 100%. Easily. And people say, oh, well, he's not that guy. We didn't know that Drew Brees was this when Drew Brees was in True. his fourth year in the league. I'm not saying Baker True. is going to go on to be like the a top 10 quarterback all time, but I just like can you explain to me where the Baker slander comes from because he got he got them two plays away from an AFC championship, the Browns, after not even making yeah. not even having a winning season without him. Like what has Baker yeah. Mayfield done that's wrong other than He's a little bit of a pit bull where if you put your ma- hand too close to his mouth and try to pet him, he, he will bite him. you. But outside, like that's, but he wins. I think the like I think all the slander is on this year. I think Baker really did himself a disservice by playing through his injury this year. I think he should have just not played at all. Because now everyone sees him as this Buns quarterback that was injured and couldn't win and couldn't really push the ball down the field and didn't throw with accuracy so like now that's what people remember and that's why another reason why they can't trade him for anything is because he chose to play which i think was the dumbest decision he has ever made i agree i think because you were just off of a really good season where like you almost beat patrick mahomes and the chiefs in the afc championship like, you were two plays away from it. And so, like, you were riding high. And if he didn't play, he probably would have gotten a contract extension. I mean, but yeah, since 20, he played 20, what was it, 2020? That boy was, like, everyone was on the Baker hype train. Okay, so 2020, 63% completion, pretty good. 3,500 yards, 20... 20- Okay. 26 touchdowns to eight interceptions and a 96 quarterback good. rating. It's pretty good. 
people forget his rookie year he was a 94 how many yards per game how how many yards per game was he sitting at um in 2020 yeah yards per game he was yards per game let's do some math here real quick so his yards per game in 2020 was uh 220 okay so that's yeah okay that's good it's not great but that's good yeah like i mean and when you only throw eight interceptions and you go are one play away from an afc championship that's pretty good like again he is one really bad year was he played through it injured and you can choose to look that as a like that to me is a beauty in the eye of the beholder you're gonna see that however you want to see it I'm going to choose to see it glass half full and say I like that he's willing to pay through, play through injuries. And there's a lot of people who will say, well, you should have just not played at all, which I don't disagree with. But I think if he doesn't play, people – like I think Baker knew what people were saying about him. People knew he didn't like – they didn't like him. And I think if Baker doesn't play – because we didn't find out he was injured until like the end of the season. I think yeah, if Baker true. doesn't play, I think people say – Oh wow! Like he really must not want it that bad because he wasn't willing to play through the season, you know. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, let's that's do true. let's do two more things. Let's finish it off with these two. We'll play a quick game and then we'll finish off with a topic that I think is interesting. So, here's a fun okay. fact that I bet you didn't know. So there is, there's a quarterback who has started two games and he basically has received more MVP bets than Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes combined. And so he is in terms of winning in terms of sports betting in Vegas, according to Fox bet, he has the sixth best odds to win MVP. You want me to guess it? Yeah, guess who you think it is. Trey Lance. Trey Lance is at plus 4,000, which you might say is a lot, but he's at the sixth best odds, according to Foxbet, to win regular season MVP. Dang. Which to me is, that's a little wild. But what I want you to do is I want you to guess... The other one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I want you to guess the other nine guys who were on that list. Top okay. ten to win MVP. Do I need to go in order? You don't have to go in order. Okay, I, I'm, I'm gonna see. If, I'm gonna see if I can go down in order. Josh Allen one. Josh Allen is one. Patrick Mahomes two. Patrick Mahomes is two. He's tied for two, actually. He's tied for second. Uh, okay, Joe Burrow tied with him. Joe Burrow has the fifth best odds. Okay, so Matt Stafford, three. Matt Stafford is... Matt Stafford is eight. Dang, that, that's kind of low. Um, Let me think here. You got to get this guy. Tied for second. Justin, for Justin Hart. Uh, I'm going to say Justin Herbert's on there. Justin Herbert has the fifth best odds to win MVP. Okay, fifth best. I'm going to say Tom Brady. 
Tom Brady's the fourth best. You still don't have tied for second. Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers, Mr. MVP and nothing more himself is tied for second to win MVP. So okay, there's... so we got Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, um, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Did I guess four already or no? You did not. Who's five? Is that Justin Herbert? Justin Herbert. Okay, five is Justin Herbert. Um, Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson is not in the top ten. Dang. Honestly, I could see that. Okay, then let's let's think about this. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is 10. Dang, dude. That's low. Okay. You still haven't gotten the fourth. Okay, who else am I missing? I, or, or, like, what places am I missing? Four? So you don't have... You didn't seven. have the fourth? Five, six, seven. You don't have seven... You have eight, you have nine, and you have Kyler Murray who's ten. So you're just missing four and seven. Okay. The four and seven. Um do, 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 do. one of them's pretty obvious, one of them's not that obvious. I mean um, obvious but not um, that obvious. Russell Will Russell Russell Wilson at four. Russell Wilson is So sorry, I told you Kyler Murray was ten. I meant Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is ten. Oh, okay, okay. No worries. Uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not in the top ten. I'll give you two more guesses for four and seven. Dang, dude. What the? There's one that I'm just not sure how you haven't guessed yet. Unless you have and I didn't hear you. Okay, let me think. Okay, I'm going to go NFC. Let's see. Yes, go NFC. No... No. Again, maybe you've said this guy, but I don't think you did because if I, because you didn't get the fourth one, and I don't know, you would have been mind blown that this guy wasn't in the top ten. Um, you got to be kidding me. I'm gonna say Dak Prescott. Okay, Dak Prescott is number seven, but he is okay. not number four. Is the other one in the NFC as well? Yes, and he's not in the NFC East. Maybe I I I have to have said this guy's name. I think I did. Okay, just, Are you, just is it Tom Brady? Yeah, Tom Brady Tom, is number four. Did you say? Tom I said Brady? Tom Brady. Okay, yeah, okay. I did. Then that was just me being an idiot. I was like, there's no way like you're not guessing Tom Brady unless you already guessed it. Yeah, I guess Papa Brady. But isn't that wild, though, that um, according to Fox Bet, Trey Lance has received more MVP bets than Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers combined? Why? So he opened at 200 to 1 at Caesar Sportsbook and he's now down to 60 to 1 just because so many people are betting on him. They had to lower I, the odds. Like people there has to be something going on. Like someone's got to know something that we that's don't know. That's kind of what I think. Like cuz that's like an aberration. 
Because, like, he didn't even play last year, basically. He started two games. Like, put it on Trevor Lawrence or put it on Zach Wilson or Mac Jones or Justin Fields. I think – I mean, there is this weird trend of second-year quarterbacks winning MVP between just, like, Joe Burrow and – and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, which is now really weird that I say it out loud. Um, but he's not Justin really a second-year quarterback, you know? Yeah, I think Justin Herbert probably – like, if I had to bet on the trend, I think Justin Herbert wins it this year. I think it makes sense. The only way I could see them saying that Trey Lance wins MVP is because Kyle Shanahan wins him the MVP. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's probably a fair point. But to me, the Debo Samuel – like, the – the uncertainty surrounding him makes me uncertain that Trey Lance wins MVP. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know, I don't but know. but again, like I don't I don't, know. I don't think that many people bet unless everybody just knows something that we don't know. Uh, but that was so I just I thought we'd play that game so that I could give you that little stack because I thought that was interesting. Um Let's finish off with this. We could talk about We could talk about Mac Jones being a dark horse MVP favorite, but I pretty much de- I just thought that would be fun cuz I knew it would get you riled up. I'm not sure how there's anyone picking him to win MVP. Oh yeah. Um let's finish off with the topic that we didn't do because we weren't on at the end of the week last week, but Colin Kaepernick received a workout from the Oakland Raiders. Just give yeah. it to me straight. Look, I don't have a problem with it because, like, look, if he's going to go somewhere, he's got to go somewhere where there's no chance that he gets, like, that people can even say, oh, should he get the starting job? Because everyone knows Derek Carr is the starter there, and anyone, like, any sports analyst that says, oh, like, should call and Kaepernick have Derek Carr's job, they'll get literally stoned to death because that's dumb. So I don't think that's that part's bad. I think it was just a publicity stunt because people act like he went out of the league when he was really good. He got benched, and after he got benched, then he started kneeling. You know what? Like that, that's the timeline. People don't realize that. So it's not like he was at his prime when all this started happening and then people didn't want him because of, like, people didn't want him just because of the kneeling. People didn't want him because the, like, the return on investment, or the better way to explain it, the risk versus return is not good. Because the risk is really high because no, like, he had a ton of, like all that crap going around him and the return was like maybe you have a good backup quarterback. Who wants to risk that much for a backup quarterback? The classic backup quarterback is Jacoby Brissett. That's a super nice guy. Everybody loves him. He like he works hard. He he's a good in the locker room and that's it. That's what you want your backup quarterback to be. So, Colin Kaepernick's second to last year in the league. He was two and six, and he scored six total touchdowns. Okay, that that yeah. was his second to last year in the league. His last year in the league was 2016. He played 12 games. 
he lost 10 of them. He was 1 in 10 as a starter. And then yeah. didn't even complete 60% of his passes. 2015, he had yeah, 1,600 he- total yards. Like, he just... It's it's not even to me. It's a little like bit like Jonathan Taylor and and Derrick Henry rushed for more yards than that. I could care less. Like to me, it's not the kneeling thing that that bugs me. It's the fact that you have not shown me. Like, do you know how many guys really just so badly want to play in the NFL? Like, it's the only thing they want to do. There's a couple hundred guys that come out of the draft every single year. It's all they want to do. There's guys who like the the I can't remember what his name was for the Browns last year, or the year before. He slept outside the facility because he wanted to play so bad. And my issue with Colin has always been you don't love football. You just like what football does for you and it it lets you be yep. famous. That's what you like about it. You don't love it because if you loved it, you would say, look, I'm willing to get on bended knee to do anything I can to play in this league because, and we know that's not true because you had the deal two, three years ago when you had a workup set workout set up and you decided, no, I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to go throw with this local high school and not tell anyone that I'm changing the venue after people put their necks out for me to even get this workout in the first place. And then yeah, like, if you showed me you loved, loved, loved football and that you were really passionate and you were really dedicated, then I would say sure. And I, from what I've heard, he works out a lot. Like he's conditioned. He's in good shape. But to me, the, the issue is it would be one thing if you had the level of talent that you did coming in with no baggage. But that's the other thing is I'm not sure what baggage you're going to bring. And I know that that's like the typical response. I think Vegas makes a little bit of sense because if you're going to go somewhere, you have to go somewhere where the sports media is not that intense. And Vegas is not a football city. It's not a, it's a sports city, but it's a sports gambling yeah. city, not a sports city. And so I think that you could get away with it from the media for a long time. And I think Derek Carr is a nice enough guy and the Raiders um, and Al Davis is a good enough um, uh, owner that it would all work out. But the issue is, I just don't think a like you're not that talented of a quarterback. Anyone who watched like He's not. you and I like we can't break down film any more than than the next guy who hosts a podcast. But go back and just watch the tape from that thing he did at Michigan. Like that's what goes to show that you just don't care about the game that much. Is you got to go do that because you can't get actual teams to just come and straight watch you because your value just isn't that high. And so for me, it's not a like a. Oh well, he he protested, so I I don't like him. It's it's when you show up to work, your number one priority is not work. And if you want to protest, like awesome, go do that, but don't do it on my time when I'm paying you. Facts, dude. You just had a great little soliloquy right there, dude. I ain't got nothing to say. Okay, well that, that was, is amen. I I just I'm just I'm a little fired up about it because I just don't understand what the whole shalong or not shalong. The whole spiel is with Colin Kaepernick. Like, to me, this is the nail in the coffin. There's guys who don't have a job that deserve a job more than you. And as soon as – my the other thing is, you know as soon as he gets signed to a team, that is not where the envelope ends. That's where it starts getting pushed, and that's where you have Anderson Cooper and Oprah Winfrey saying – Oh well, he doesn't have a starting job because people because the league's racially motivated. As soon as he gets into the league, that's when the problems will really start. And I think it's not that people are worried about him protesting. I think people are more worried about the media that will come outside of it 
to criticize the NFL and how they handle race and all those things that will cause more issues than Colin Kaepernick will actually. Because I think he'll be quiet and just shut up and go to work. But it's the everyone's calling issues with those teams who do sign him and saying they're not doing enough. And there's guys who need a job that don't have one that are better than Kaepernick, a la Baker Mayfield, a la Jimmy Garoppolo. And as soon as those True. guys get jobs, then I think you can worry about what Colin Kaepernick does and doesn't do on a backup position. So, unless you got anything else, that is going to be our time for tonight because I know you got a lot of work to do, Mr. Buswell, Mr. Jim Candy Gummies, as you get ready for more launches to come. All right, well, that is going to be our time. We're just going to give it to you like that. Whoa.